Good morning. <laughs> okay, I can be heard. Perfect. Good morning, everyone. It feels like when I do kids' church here and everyone shows up. <laughs> gotta be honest, I was here last week and it was a little more sparse. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms and the mother figures. I am thrilled to be at my own church on Mother's Day to share a little snapshot of what it looks like when motherhood doesn't look like a Hallmark card and to share a little bit about what we see and what we deal with at the Pregnancy Center. So I'm Cheryl. Some of you know me, some of you probably haven't seen me for a while. Um, when there's capacity limits, my family stays home. Uh, we, oh, you can go to the next slide and you can see why. <laughs> yeah, we stay home when you know, can only have so many people in the building. Um, I am a mom, as you can see, to a bunch of kids, and I'm also the executive director at the Markham Stouffville Crisis Pregnancy Center. So I'm just going to tell a little bit about how I got involved with the center, what we actually do over there, and how you can support us. Right. So I connected with the center at the beginning of 2012. At the time, I was running a home daycare. I'd been doing it for about 14 and a half years, I would say. And I found that I had Fridays off. So instead of sitting down and reading a book, I decided that I should volunteer. And it was also a time where I really felt like it was time for me to fulfill a promise that I had made to God when I was 17 and pregnant. At that time, I prayed that if God could just see me through this, because in all honesty, I would screw it up if left to my own devices, that at some point in my life, I would give back and I would help other people going through that really, really scary thing. 17 years later, after making that promise to God, he said, <clears throat> yeah, okay, so it's time now? It's time. Let's do this. So I connected with the Pregnancy Center, and I basically said, here's my experience. Here's what I do. I don't know what I'm going to do for you, but I think I'm supposed to be here. And they said, come on in. Let's do the volunteer training, and hopefully by the end, we'll figure out where you fit. And that's how it went. By the end of the volunteer training, it was obvious that I'd be a great fit to help run um, the Moms and Top program. It was a natural fit. I had come from a background in daycare. I could do songs and stories. I could talk to moms. My fifth baby was, I don't know, like 18 months old, and baby number six arrived six weeks into the program. So it was a great fit. In January of 2017, I um, was hired as a client services director, and that was a role that I absolutely loved. I love working with clients. Um, it's, it's so great. And then in January of 2020, I stepped into the role of the executive director when the former ED retired, um, just in time for a pandemic. So it's been great. <laughs> So <clears throat> the mission of the Markham Stouffville Crisis Pregnancy Center is to show the love of Jesus through education and support to all individuals facing an unexpected or challenging pregnancy and for those who are struggling in early parenting or emotionally following reproductive loss, abortion, and adoption. We care very, very deeply about the overall health and well-being of our community, and we exist to provide a safe place for clients to address significant life decisions that take into consideration the connection between the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. We see them as a whole person. We address the needs from a whole person perspective. And our goal when working with clients is to, to help them feel safe, valued, and cared for, and to walk alongside them as they move from their crisis situation to one where they don't need us anymore because they're doing so well. 
So in order to reach those two goals, we provide two types of care. Crisis intervention support for the initial overwhelming event and ongoing support programs and services. It's not enough to only help in that moment of crisis. We really start to see growth and change over time as clients continue to engage and as we continue to pour into them. So to understand what crisis intervention looks like in a pregnancy center, we first have to understand what a crisis even is. So a crisis is defined as an overwhelming event where the usual resources and coping mechanisms are not enough to manage this new situation. I'm sure everyone can think of a time in their life when things were overwhelming and it just felt really, really hard to see a way forward. A great example would be March of 2020. One moment, we're all going along, doing our thing, living our lives, everything's great. Boom, global pandemic. Everything changed very, very quickly. It was new, it was confusing, it was difficult to navigate, it, we didn't know who to listen to and who to talk to and how to figure things out. That's how our clients feel when they first connect with us. Every client that comes to the center is experiencing an overwhelming situation that they're not able to cope with on their own. These look different, it's unique to the person. Some people, it's a little crisis and they just need a little bit of support. And other people, it's a big thing, it's very complicated and there's a lot to help with. Our main crisis intervention support is for any woman who suspects or recently found out that she's pregnant and she's not sure what to do. Life circumstances feel very overwhelming. Moving forward with a pregnancy is very scary and she's conflicted about whether to carry the term or end it. This is any age. Our clients range from 14 to right up through their 40s. And since COVID, we've seen an increase in younger adolescents reaching out for support. This actually started before the pandemic, back, if anybody remembers, when there were the school lockdowns. Um, so we've seen an, a gentle increase in, in that. We also have women in their 40s calling who have a couple kids and all of a sudden they're pregnant again. As because we offer ongoing support, we also have other points where clients can connect with us. We have new moms, maybe referred from public health or from the hospital, who are struggling. Maybe they're parenting on their own. Maybe they're new to the country and all of their family is back home and having a first baby in Canada make, doesn't make sense. It's very different. Parenting is hard. Being a mom is hard. It's wonderful. It's joyful but it's exhausting and it's hard. And the more you care, the harder it is. So we have clients who are feeling very, very overwhelmed. They want to do a good job, but maybe they don't have examples in their own lives and they don't have support to help them do that. We also have clients who act for the initial kind of crisis situation of, I don't know what to do with this pregnancy, who decide to carry to term and the baby comes early and is spending some time in the NICU. So now we've had one crisis that's gone directly into another one, and we want to help them navigate that so it doesn't turn into trauma. We have a lot of clients who are experiencing a financial crisis. 95% of our clients live well below the average income for our catchment area. And our catchment area is Markham, Stovall, Richmond Hill, Unionville, all of those little um, towns that make that up. COVID has impacted this as well. There's a lot of families who were doing okay and with inflation and job loss during COVID, they've suddenly found that they're sliding into a spot of crisis. 
We have clients who are escaping abusive relationships. Statistics show that domestic violence increases during pregnancy both in um, frequency and in severity. We've had clients who have been thrown downstairs. We've had clients thrown up against walls, threatened that their partner would phone children's aid, unfounded. We've had parents tell clients, if you have this baby, you can't live here. But there's hope in that. Because during pregnancy, it's also a time where that woman will find courage to leave that relationship, sadly not necessarily for herself, but to protect her child. And we also have clients who are connecting because they're in an emotional crisis. They have an abortion experience in their history, and maybe it was a week ago, maybe it was a month ago, maybe it was three decades ago, but they are in emotional crisis because they didn't know it was going to be like this. And so they reach out to us for support. Whichever crisis event brings clients to us, our number one goal in crisis intervention is to help that client feel safe. If a client doesn't feel safe, she can't share what's going on. If she can't share what's going on, we don't know how to help her. And she can't intake information, and she can't make informed decisions about her next step. The very first thing we do when a client comes in is we say, I am so glad you're here. I am so impressed with the courage you showed to reach out for help. There's a lot of fear in new moms when reaching out for help. When you're in crisis, the first thought is, if I reach out for help, someone's going to phone children's aid and take my baby. And it can be a real big barrier to reaching out for help. So we want to affirm how proud we are of them and how much courage they showed. We listen to her story. We see her. We accept her as she is and where she is. We respect that she has a unique history. She has her own values and thoughts and beliefs. Our first job and the most important job we do when we help clients go from that state of panic to where they're able to focus on the situation and make informed decisions about their next steps. I often do this with clients. I'm like, right now, you are up here in the storm clouds of panic. All you can see is the swirling clouds and the, the crazy thoughts, and you can't see this thing and this thing and this thing. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're just going to take a breath. We're going to come down here to the realm of informed decisions. And I can physically see them go, oh, makes sense. I feel better already. It's important to acknowledge that we do not make decisions for anyone. We've all been given free choice, whether those choices are helpful or they're harmful. We don't make them for other people. We provide a safe place where clients can access information, resources, decision-making support, so they can determine their own action steps. When we need to talk about sensitive topics, which we do every day, such as fetal development or relationships, or addressing something from a Christian perspective, we ask permission first. Our clients know we are a Christian organization. They know that um, they have the option to talk about faith things or spiritual things. Markham and Stouffville is very diverse. We have many different faiths. Um, and when we simply take the extra step to say, hey, I really want to answer your question, I got to do it from this perspective. Are you okay with that? It makes a big difference. A lot of our clients um, have abuse and neglect and really difficult things in their history where choices were stripped from them. And part of helping them go from crisis to not needing us anymore is to help them regain ownership over their lives and their choices. 
So following the initial crisis intervention support, clients are able to engage in ongoing support. It's not enough to only support in that immediate crisis. We need to also come alongside, sometimes for months, more often for years, to help clients move forward. Our ongoing support is based on possible pregnancy outcomes, not choices the client has. And this is intentional. A client who decides to carry the term doesn't choose to have a miscarriage or a stillbirth or to have the baby pass away. A client who wants to parent but maybe doesn't have the resources necessary doesn't choose to have children's aid come to the hospital and remove their baby from their care. Our post-abortion clients, and this is not true for everyone, but our clients that come to us have accepted an unwanted abortion because they felt it was their only option. When there's only one option on the table and it feels like you either do it or you won't survive, that isn't really choice. So we intentionally line up our ongoing support for possible pregnancy outcomes. It provides better support to our clients and it addresses bigger gaps in our community. There are other mother-baby supports in our community that do amazing things, but the mother-baby unit has to be together. That, um, through passing away, or children's aid, or anything, their support, they no longer can support them. That's just their protocols. We have the ability to support all of the outcomes. When we sit with a client to make a care plan, they are very much involved in that. We don't make plans, we don't make plans for people, we make plans with people. And we take into consideration their practical needs, their emotional needs, and with permission, their spiritual needs. We want to connect them to not just us, but the community at large. Because one voice encouraging them is wonderful, but a whole choir of voices encourage them, changes lives. So in our ongoing support, we offer individual support or group support. And our programs are designed to reach our goal of helping clients move from crisis to thriving. We have prenatal classes and workshops. Um, the, the prenatal classes that are available in the community don't always address um, the topics that our clients need to talk about and unpack. So we offer them in-house. We have pregnancy and infant loss support. An unintended pregnancy that ends in miscarriage or stillbirth comes with a very unique set of emotions. We have post-abortion emotional support. Last year, we ran our first Surrendering the Secret. Um, that's a Bible study program. And it was amazing to watch clients go from a place of deep hurt and fear and feelings of unworthiness to a place of being forgiven and set free. We still have mamas and tots. The last two years, it has been virtual. <laughs> That's not as fun. And in the fall, we partnered with Willow Grove Farm, and we did a farm program, which was amazing. And just as of this past Friday, we are back in person. We are super happy about it. It's been a long time coming. Um, every time we set a date to restart, COVID numbers would go up, restrictions would change, and we would our clients kept asking, when is Moms and Tot coming? I feel so lonely. I miss it. I want to come back. So Friday, we started back up, and it was great. We also have a practical support program. This is for families who are experiencing a financial hardship. No one should have to choose to have a child just because they can't afford diapers, right? We, we can step up. We can help there. 
Our program is designed to work with the child's ages and stages. This is what happens when you have a mom of six who ran a daycare organizing your programs. <laughs> it's designed to work with the child's ages and stages from birth until their third birthday. So all in all, in this program, we commit to close to four years to um, supporting our clients with essential items and the needs that they have to get through pregnancy and to parent for the first few years. It is combined with education to increase parenting confidence and positive outcomes for both the parent and the child. It's graduated, so as parents and families progress towards self-sufficiency, our support gently reduces. We provide supplies for moms during pregnancy and while their child is enrolled, and we do have some supplies for dad, though less, um, like 97% of our clients are moms, so, or women, so um, we don't forget about dad, spot on the shelf for them. Um, currently, we have over 100 adult clients benefiting from this program and about 130 little ones that are able to get care packages once a month, every two months, or occasionally, depending on how, how their situation is. We also offer printing workshops and education. One of the biggest things we can do is educate people. I've had clients just say to me, they ask a question, like, I'm sorry, this is a really dumb question. Like, no, 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 there's no dumb questions. Just ask it. We talk about it, and they go, well, that just makes sense. Oh, now I get it. And the stress is gone, because now they understand. We also do a lot of community recommendations. As I said, we want to surround our clients with as much support as possible. So if they need to connect with legal aid, that's not us. We're going to direct them to the appropriate people. If they need to find a doctor, we're going to direct them to the appropriate people. So a lot of times, we're acting as a hub so people can connect with other resources. So how do we measure success? How do we know if we're doing a good job? It can be very tempting to focus on how many care packages did we give out? We gave out about 15 on Thursday. And that's one, one day out of the month. You know, it can be focused, we can focus on, well, how many babies did you save? How many diapers did you give out? How many programs did you run? And those metrics are really, really important, but they're much less important to us than how our clients feel we have helped them. We go back to our goals. Did our clients feel safe, valued, and cared for? Did we help our clients move from crisis to thriving? When a client says to you, you have been my lifeline, that is more important to me if I only gave out two diapers in a month. When a client says to me, you guys made me a better parent, you made me feel not alone, showed me I'm valued and loved, that's our goal. To know there's help, that you're not alone, is life-changing. That's what we want to do. How can you be involved? I always say when I'm recruiting volunteers that the pay is terrible, but the team is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my marketing strategy. <laughs> Might have to revisit it one day. Um, the first thing you can do is pray for us. Um, please pray for our clients, um, that they can find us, that they have the courage to reach out for support. Pray for our staff and volunteers. This is emotionally draining um, work. We talk about very hard things, and we, we sit with clients in darkness and, and just have to listen and help them move forward. And pray for our community, locally, provincially, federally, that they would recognize the value of pregnancy centers in the community. 
you can volunteer. We really need help right now. Um, we've had kind of an influx of donations as people are kind of feeling better about the whole COVID situation. They're cleaning their houses and bringing all sorts of stuff over. Um, so if you have a gift of sorting and <laughs> cleaning and organizing, please call me. <laughs> um, we need help with our donation management and our care package prep. We also need help behind the scenes with our social media and communications. Um, fundraising is gonna become important in the future. And we do have a couple spots opening up on our board of directors. So if you have a gift of governance or leadership or just a heart for what we do and you feel God saying, hey, <laughs> you should do that, let me know. You can also donate essential mother and baby items. Um, I have a list at the back that you can grab on your way that, should, that goes through all the ways you can donate. And you can donate financially as well. All of our programs are free to clients. Um, we get no government funding. Um, we have to raise all the money um, that we need to keep the lights on and the doors open and programs running. Right now, from May 1st until June 30th, we have our second annual Flower Power campaign running. Um, this year's focus is on growing and thriving. And we're just sharing some stories about how clients are coming through that crisis to thriving. And you can donate in all the normal ways, cash, check, online, EMT, pre-authorized debit gold bars, whatever. Any questions or you want more information, just reach out to me. I go to this church. Sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm not. Um, but you can always approach me and ask questions. I'm pretty easy to talk to. I don't always look friendly. But that's just my face. I'm actually friendly. <laughs> and finally, what can you, into one, do individually and collectively as a church to help us over at the center? I think the most important thing you can do for anyone, for any mother, for any woman who has faced or is facing <clears throat> an unintended or challenging pregnancy or struggling during parenting, and especially for women and men who have been involved in an abortion experience, is to create an environment where they can see God's love authentically reflected in you. We are called to love, and we need to reflect God's love to everyone. We are all created in his image and loved deeply by him. Love your neighbor. Your 17-year-old neighbor who's doing her best to parent, that was me. That was me. Put a face to that. <laughs> the single dad who had no dad in his own life who desperately wants to be good but doesn't really know how. And the woman who's had an abortion. God loves them as much as he loves you. It can be really, really hard for people to understand and accept that especially for our clients who have lost a child to abortion. They rarely feel, they rarely hear that forg forgiveness is accessible to them, available to them. They feel like they don't deserve it. They rarely hear that Jesus died for them and desperately wants to sit with them and mend their, the broken pieces of their heart, to take them from ashes to beauty where they can have hope in their God-given potential. And if they don't feel safe talking to Christians or coming to church, where do they go? I know it can be really hard to speak about some of these topics, especially abortion, especially right now. I was going to say it's a hot-button topic, but it's more like nuclear right now. Um, and it's hard to know how do you do that with truth and sensitivity. So my advice to you is start from a place of love. Speak less, listen more, keep learning, and see your neighbor as God sees them. We've all made mistakes. And God still loves us fiercely. 
Our job is to love others. God's in charge of the outcome and the transformation. And this is something we say in the office all the time when we have a really hard client meeting and we're debriefing and my client services director comes in and she says, I don't know, I don't know how it went. And I ask her, did the client feel safe? Did she feel valued? Did she feel cared for? Yes, she said she did. The outcome and the transformation are not our job. We did our job. We need to be creating environments that help and don't cause further harm. So on Mother's Day, we acknowledge that there's many faces to motherhood. Sometimes it is joyful and exciting. Other times you're crying in the middle of the night because you think you're messing it up and you don't know how to do this and why is it so hard? So my final thoughts for you is to make Into One known in the community as a place of refuge, reconciliation, and restoration, and let God's love authentically shine through you so people are drawn in. Thanks.